It's me. Hi. Star date. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> 61284.3. Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a kind of smart, kind of funny podcast covering new and classic Trek. I'm your unassimilated captain for the night, Mariah Gossett. And with me on the view screen, we have. It's Clyde Haynes. Resistance is not futile. And you have your friendly neighborhood neuroletic pathogen, Paul Sitachit. Very nice. <laughs> It, that, yeah, it, it took well. me it, it took me so long to come up with that <laughs> only a few episodes in and paul you're finally getting the groove uh, <laughs> uh, uh, like like a data sample a data sample of one is not a trend <laughs> <laughs> we're counting our victories tonight I, paul. i'm not even sure if i want this to be a, a trend i was on another pod where every week for six seasons when we introduced ourselves, I had to say, hi, I am something clever. And it's a lot of pressure. I, sometimes I just want to be Clyde. I just want to be high. I'm just not today. But the, uh, Work. We are Borg. We are Borg. Not today. Not today. <laughs> not today. But tonight we are reviewing and chatting about Star Trek Prodigy, episode 12, Let Sleeping Borg Lie. First, we just have a few reminders. Paul, where can people find us on the internet? Hey, on the internet, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Uh, please subscribe. Uh, all our links are at StarTrekPod.co. And if you like our content, if you love our content, please consider uh, like or love any any statute. <laughs> Just don't hate me. Just don't hate me. Even if you hate, whoops, even if you hate our content and you want to donate, we'll, we'll take that too. Just two dollars an episode will keep us going at Patreon.com/slash StarTrekPod. All right, Clyde. And if you're watching us live on YouTube, then we encourage you to please participate in our live chat. If you have a comment or a question or you want us to just address something during the pod, then just type the capital word P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in all caps um, before your comment and we will check it out. And in a moment, there's a special time in our show where you will know what it is. Just type capital H, capital F, capital HF in the chat and we will take a look at your thoughts on the episode. Correct. Okay. I think it's time we take a non-threatening walk through this episode of Prodigy without being detected by the Borg. Uh, Let Sleeping Borg Lie was directed by Olga uh, Ula. I'm going to look up pronouncers one day. Olga Ulanova and Shung Shin. Uh, it's written by Deandra Pendleton Thompson. And I think we all know what time it might be for some. Hot freaks! Hot freaks! It's time for some <laughs> hot freaks. Uh, Clyde, what did you think of this episode? There are moments in Prodigy. So I loved the first episode. And I was like, man, this is really good. And to be honest with you, I watched the first episode early. I think during the peanut hamper episode of um, of Lower Decks. Mm -hmm. So at that moment, I was like, man, this Prodigy is amazing. I am enjoying Prodigy way more than I'm enjoying Lower Decks. Um, this episode reminded me that this is a kid's show. 
right? Like this was a moment where I was like, oh yeah, I'm not the demographic because I have children. And when I sit and watch and shows with them, I'm, I'm always like, why did they do that? Like, that's really, really dumb. Like what, ah, oh, this premise is driving me nuts. And to me, the whole conversation about should they venture onto the Borg ship was like, under no circumstances should you do this. There is nothing that you're going to say that is going to validate this reason. And yet they found a way to go into the Borg ship. And I was just like, no. Uh-uh. That's funny that that's the point you took a, you took like a qualms with. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> Paul, what did you think about this episode? <laughs> I, I not only thought it was good, I thought it was good enough. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. I mean, like, uh, I, I also am not the demographic, uh, mm-hmm. but like, I was like, oh well, you know, a bunch of kids, like, you know, who never met the Borg before, and you know, like, go like, oh, th- they have the answer, and like, you know, the old hologram lady says, like, I advise you not to do it, and they go, nah, like, sure, <laughs> why not? Why not? So, uh, I, I, per your, per, per your, but like, I thought it, it was fine. If I was a kid, I go like, oh, I guess the Borg are scary-ish. I wish it was, I wish they were a little scarier, you know, uh, that would be my only thing. Like it, they just looked like, uh, they look really cleaned up, mm-hmm. like really cleaned up. And I was like, ah, oh, you could have made it a little more, more threatening, more, more, uh, Star Trek seven. Yeah. I uh, I agree with both of you. I I had fun with this episode. I think it is that like kind of turning point. It feels like it's an episode that serves a purpose to sort of give us our format for the second half of this mm-hmm. season, since they did an expanded season order. Um, and I thought it was a smart way to introduce the concept of the Borg to people who don't know what the Borg are, right? Like they need to be like, oh, this is a big scary villain, but this is still a kid's show. We can't go like fully into all of this. Um, I agree with you though, Paul. I did, I think because I, as a small child was obsessed with horror movies, I was like, this could be way scarier. Like where is like some fog, some spookiness, a little Scooby-Doo, if you will, you know, like Like like, like just a little fog would have been interesting or, or just a little atmosphere. That's, that's the word. Like, you know, just yeah. like a little, uh, I, I will say that it's probably best that they had the, uh, nanoprobes, uh, uh, turned off yes. because, <laughs> because, because otherwise like, you know, you're like, what the, you know, like this, they should have been assimilating seconds. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, so, uh, I was okay with that. Like, you know, hence the neurolytic, uh, pathogen, which, you know, I came to realize, I go like, that's just, that's just words. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. It's just Bre- Star Trek gobbledygook that they put yep. together to qualm the people who are going to be like, but wait a second. <laughs> I have a brain virus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, there was this moment, like it, it was definitely very Nickelodeon. So you've got right. this mm-hmm. chase scene where it's like, oh no. And I'm thinking, y- you know that you're shooting this phaser and it has a, it's having no effect. Why are you continuing to shoot the Because they're kids. Because they're kids. Thank you. Make it, make it, make it, make it because they're, they're kids. That's right. Um, let's see. Uh, although, the- I, I, well, my favorite part was when, like, uh, Gwen, like, goes with her, like, you know, with her uh, air lube and makes a bath lift or whatever. I, I thought mm-hmm. the same thing. I was like, yes. And, and, then, and then it has, like, no effect. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was going, okay, that's great. That's great. That's hilarious. 
Uh, let's see what the chat had to say. Cheapy hot freak. It was not my favorite, but it was a good one for Zero's character development. I agree. I thought it was yes. nice to finally see yep, a yep. pivot there. Um, Michael L. I like the Borg who had an air conditioner on his head. There was some interesting looking. Oh, Borg I saw that. Exactly. Yeah, I thought yes. I remember that one. That was hilarious. I thought it was a television. I was like, why is there a square headed Borg? Um, yeah, but okay. I did like that we got to see, I think, a few more species like that have been assimilated in this episode, not just very humanoid Borg. So I thought that was like, like a fun use of animation. Like Rhino Borg. I saw like mm -hmm. a exactly very cool. Uh, Keen says hot freak animated Borg are scary. If Janeway had to switch to tea, I wish it was Earl Grey. That would have been funny. I did wish her order was black tea hot you know like just like the cadence of a picard yeah. order that would have felt kind of fun I, you know i thought of i thought about that right and i was as she was saying it i was thinking i asked myself do do i want her because she goes to she was like tea and i'm thinking do, do i want her to say earl gray and i was like no i don't because janeway isn't picard yeah and that's one of the things that we love about janeway is that she's her own thing yeah I, I was like, I, I just, I was like, black tea, like, it could have been a, Janeway's a little bit more creative than that, right? Although, well, she gets her, co her, co it's always coffee black. So yeah. I, I yeah. guess tea black, you know, I, I get it. I get it. Um, Let's see, Marge, love Prodigy, but stepped too fast too soon. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, I, I can see that. I can see like that, it, it just felt like, oh, here we are at the Borg. And, you know, and then like here yeah. we, it just felt by the books in a way that didn't have a lot of, aside from zero, a lot of development in character or anything. Yeah. Uh, to cake, to, to, to I'm Taco. so sorry, y'all. I'm so <laughs> tired. Um, Pod, but was it sufficiently scary for the demographics? I also apologize for all of the name butchering tonight, y'all. I'm like, I can barely read the screen you, anymore. <laughs> you're, the, you're the problem. It's you. I am the problem. It's me. No, I 100%. Um, but uh, Pod, but was it sufficiently scary for the demographic? What do y'all think? Do you think I, I have a hard time judging this because I have been such a horror fan from a young age and like literally as a small child watched Night of the Living Dead and would giggle at the screen, which I'm sure is even more terrifying than the movie itself. Um, but it explains so much about you. Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but Clyde, you, you, as resident parent of the pod... I'm I'm asking myself, do I think my children would have been scared by the Borg? And I don't think so. I think it would have been s slightly suspenseful, mm -hmm. but I don't think they would have found them scary. I think it's, I think like any other premise, it's they're being chased and they could have been chased by any bad guy mm -hmm. whatsoever, like, but it's just, they, but, they're being chased by bad guys. Like there weren't any jump scares. No. So like, you know, so, uh, and there wasn't like that, like dread music, like that would be like, but also to your point earlier, Paul, the Borg were cleaned up, right? Like when we yeah. see the Borg, like, especially when we the first got introduced to the Borg, like they look like zombies. There's always mm -hmm. some eye attachment that's like mm -hmm. moving around and someone always has a hand with like a saw. Right. And then you've sure, got sure. like the nanoprobe tentacles that they get near you and it's like right in the side of your face. That is scary. We had but, none but of these, that. These, these Borg are going to an award show, basically. Like they're cleaned yeah. up. They've had a bath. You know, right. Exactly. So they've got a new assimilation program where they bring That's you right. back to the, to the center and they tie you up and 
you know then they have the you know it's like it's, well, that, that, it's like we're gonna that, clean that, you up we're gonna do some stuff and we're gonna upgrade you as pog said right like well, i'm like well, no nah, that's not how well, it works that, man <laughs> yeah well that's how uh picard got assimilated right he didn't get nanoprobed he got like tabled and like you know mm. so this is more old school mm. um yeah, I did. There was some fun, like very like kid show tropey things, but I found them enjoyable. I, I feel like Jenkin Pog is really that like consistent character for the little moments of comedic levity that you find in most children's shows. Um, yes. And Jason, he's my favorite character. Yeah, he's and Jason favorite. Manzukis really delivers on voice acting, yeah. so I feel like it's going to hit almost every time. You know, I wasn't sure what I was, what I, I didn't know what to think originally about Jason mm-hmm. because in a lot of his characters, they're like way over the top, mm-hmm. right? Like he can go pretty, like pretty, Rocky pretty from the league, boy. yeah, yeah, like <laughs> the league, like bad mouth or big mouth, like mm-hmm. he he could be way out there, so, like where he's normally on like an eleven or twelve. I wasn't quite sure how he was going to dial it back. And he's done a phenomenal job that I'm actually really impressed by his range. And I don't even think about some of those other characters when I'm looking at, you know, um, Jankum. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I loved how he had like a quick kind of love hate relationship with the Borg cube. Like at first he was like, uh, you can't put Jankum in a cube. And then it's like, Ooh, but look at all this fun, shiny stuff that I'm like very into. And then like immediately frustrated when he can't figure out a way to like get into the computer. I thought that was like a fun little character moment. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of folks in the chat are talking about zero. And I thought this was a good zero episode. I thought they, um, did a good job of finally sort of leaving hopefully behind this like I have to make up for hurting my friend moment in order to save everybody else kind of thing and this felt like a moment of redemption and a way for them to kind of move past that and and have some uh, emotional catharsis yeah I I like Sakako's um, comment here Um, but how about Zero losing himself or itself would that resonate with young elementary age kids? I I, th- I don't know. Mariah, what do you think? I mean, to me, it's like when there's like the popular kids, right? Like if we're going to break this down into like lessons you're teaching kids at schools, right? It's like you don't have to fit in with this, with the big popular group, the pe- the, the, the like-minded thinkers in order to be your best self. And like, you should just find friends who like you for you and don't want you to be like them. You know, if, if we're going to break this down into a morality lesson using the Borg of all things. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, I think it's fine. I, I think where, where it works is it works on multiple levels, right? Like I think for the really young kids, they're not quite going to get it, but I think for some, some of the more, you know, your eight, your nine-year-olds, they're probably going to get a little bit more. And I think you're, you're right, Mariah. It is, I have never thought about the hive mind as a popularity uh, metaphor, but it's actually pretty interesting as one. It is, yeah. And I, Marge asked, what is the age group for the show? So it's technically rated for ages eight and above is like the, the um, rating given to the the show by whatever the mp whatever blah 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 board is <laughs> that gives the board the, the, the board the tv board gave it yeah. <laughs> it's 8 kid. to 18 <laughs> um which is such a wide range 8 to 18 um 
I did also, oh, what did y'all think? So we have the diviner on board with Janeway mm -hmm. and the diviner also went through the same process as Gwen seeing zero in their true self. Um, well, well, so... Gwen, Gwen saw reflection, right? Yes. So, so she, was, she got her memory wiped. Whereas like Medusans tend to make people crazy, crazy. Like, you know, spot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I don't know, like. I can't remember. The diviner also only saw a reflection. Then correct. Oh no, the the the, 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 uh, the diviner got full frontal. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, I I did love that we got some explanation about what this is about, right? Or at least a, a partial explanation about. Right. It. He's from the future. He's upset. Like he's he's really trying to destroy the Federation before the Federation really becomes the Federation. Like feels very discovery-esque only in reverse yeah um, i wonder what he's trying to prevent because if he's come back to this point in time right like this is essentially between lower decks and picard is sort of our timeline here so i wonder what um the diviner is trying to stop from happening well first contact right that's that's ultimately what they're mm -hmm. i mean he says it so much in the in the episode, like first contact causes a civil war between his civilization. That's in the two. Oh, parts. on his on his planet, right? Yeah, and so and, and Jacob's like, you know, in like, what? How how does first contact do that? But like, it's all, you know, it, it's really hard for me because like the idea of it is fine for motivation for the diviner. I, I totally get it, but then like you know, at the at the end of that uh, two parter, like you know, he gets the he gets the protostar. And then he has all these kids on the asteroid and goes, let them die. <laughs> <laughs> They're all these. I go like that. How is that going to help your like, you know, your, your get rid of the Civil War bit? Like, you know, it's it's not entirely like, you know, uh, like, like he's arch for a reason, I guess, because mm -hmm. it's a kid's show. Mm -hmm. uh, but like the, 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 the let them die, you know, like I, they're not going to get away from it's going to slowly suffocate like, uh. Okay, uh, my 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 sympathy for you is limited. Not a super complicated villain as of yet, like just exactly. straight up bad guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're you're spot on. I mean, I think you know. Again, we can't apply an adult show premise and how we how we break down an adult show. Yeah, um, I saw some kids. people in like comments on like some reviews I read today that were like so in depth about like their opinions about plot points that I'm just like, y'all, it is a kid's show. It's a kid's That's show. like very well performed, beautifully animated, fairly compelling plot arches each episode. I don't really know what you're complaining about. Like yeah, <laughs> bad, bad guys on kids shows are not that new. They gotta be twirly right? mustaches, you know? Yes, like, it's, it's because the idea here is that he's obviously bad. And whatever reason he has for being bad is not, you're not looking for empathy for it. it it's misguided. Yeah, it's gotta right? be a, a motivating factor where there's a solution that these kids can solve, right? right. Like ultimately, we d this bad guy can't succeed. Mm -hmm. So whatever right. the problem is, is going to be a problem that this ragtag group of kids is going to be able to solve right. by the end and, of the show. Like, <laughs> and and for kids, we're not looking for sympathy for the for the bad guys, right? Like, if you think about some of the other kind of the big bads, like if if you think about Discovery, right? And we think about the um, the character who was trying to get back to his his long lost love, right? 
um, I can't even remember his name now, but the evil genius who book ended up ha- hanging out with for a bit. Oh, um, oh yeah, he was. Yes, uh, yeah, he was I that memorable. Him. Everyone, uh, uh, it no, it starts with the T. He's a Rysian. Yeah. Uh, yes he was rising he was supposed to be rising anyway the point is when you heard his argument you looked at it and was like "Mm, i see like i can understand why he's so passionate about this he's trying to get back this thing that he's lost right this person he's trying to get back he's trying to deliver on a promise like he's he's doing it the wrong way and is willing to sacrifice way too many people for it but I understand his motives. In a kid's show, for the diviner, everything he does is going to be twirly mustache evil. <laughs> Thank you, right? Keen. It's Tarka. It's Tarka, yes. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but I see, so I think that's what we, and so I don't want to overanalyze the diviner. I think we, you know, we paint him in the picture as a bad guy and we go, okay, well, to your point, Mariah, now how do, how do these kids, right, you know, in Scooby-Doo fashion, how do the kid? How do the kids stop the bad guy, the adult bad guy? I don't know, but like, I, I do feel like this episode was Merv light. I, I actually expected. I'm trying to figure out what's happening because I, I, I was I was expecting more because From it was Murph. like yeah, because it was kind of like we had this whole moment where they're saying, I mean, you know, he's indestructible, he, he, but he can't yeah. have a cold, and I was like, what's going on with Murph? I think it's the start. Like we know we're gonna get like a Murph uh evolution yeah this season so i think this is like the start of that perchance my other question though is like murph swallowed like a like a, a bomb uh, uh, like, a, like oh. some photon grenades and the core yeah so couldn't <laughs> murph eat the a living construct yeah mm-hmm. uh, that's, and then, that's like, what i thought and then like spit it out in space or something i don't know <laughs> Um, we'll have to see what Murph turns into. I imagine the living construct is going to be like the uh, the alien database in Discovery. You know, like where mm. it, it has a protective whatever, it'll do whatever it says to protect itself. So I, I, I get that. So here is my crazy theory. Mm-hmm. Theory, theory, everyone Clyde Theory's theory. Make you a I, banner. Yeah, I believe <laughs> I believe that the living construct is going to be turned at some point from evil to good. And that is going to be a, a, a thing that the protostar is able to do. So it's going to be able to connect with people and actually be kind of a life giver than a life taker. So if they can do enough good deeds, the living weapon on board will eventually become good. Yep. Okay. I like okay. that. And, and if he's wrong, everyone, he'll give everyone who's listening a hundred dollars. I don't. I don't have. Uh, I don't have This is a Star Trek universe. Money has no meaning here. We don't use it. In the Federation, baby. Tell you Federation. what. If I'm if I'm wrong, I will give a lucky lin- uh, lucky listener an imaginary piece of latinum. There we go. Gold plated, gold plated or liquid? (laughs) Uh, uh, Liquid, an imaginary piece of liquid latinum. There you go. There we go. Wow. Um, Okay, very good. 
Uh, what did y'all think of our Tellarite uh, curmudgeony doctor that we have on board Janeway's ship? Oh, here's the thing. Isn't isn't Jankum a Tellarite? Yes. It, yes. Mm-hmm. And so, like, does I he think not have the same... Jankum's supposed family? to be a kid. They're all supposed to be kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and so, like, I thought... I thought he was great as far as like you know the ill-mannered doctor. So yeah, I thought that was great. Like uh, it's species specific. I you know it's a little I, I don't want to say racist, <laughs> but like okay, falling whatever. into some tropes. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. It just seems like a little like uh, leaning into certain things here. But like you know, but but yeah, it, it fit. It it seemed again a little extra curmudgeony for no reason. I was kind of like. Dude, you're the doctor, and you're just like, man. Basically, like, you know, you keep kissing tail like this, and we'll be calling you captain. Like, dude, for real? Like, that was not necessary in any way, shape, or form. I That scene, too, felt very, like, I don't know. I feel like our core cast feels like they have chemistry together. I know everything is taped separately for the most mm-hmm. part, um, but that, like, uh, grouping on Janeway's like all of the humanoid like Federation stuff. I feel like it's missing a little connective tissue. Like there's some dead air in the, uh, in the dialogue editing that doesn't feel natural. Mariah, is this Michael Ellis saying that the Tellerite doctor is Jason Alexander? It's true. Yeah. Yeah, You mean to tell me I missed that? I typically catch (laughs) voices really good. Now I'm, now I'm annoyed. So I'm gonna well, watch I think, this for a I third think that's time. why because it's lacking some charisma in there. Like, and I feel like it's in the dialogue editing. That's my like how my much notes. how much how much uh, how much Federation have we seen? We saw a little bit of the Dauntless uh, mm-hmm. last episode. We saw them pick up uh, the Diviner, mm-hmm. but like you and- know. It, but yeah, it's, I, I, it's not enough. It's not enough to say. I don't think. Yeah, no. I, I, it was mostly just that scene really stuck out to me. It felt like, like start stoppy. It felt like when I make a first draft cut of a podcast mm. episode that has a lot of dialogue pieces from different voices, and then you listen through and you're like, oh, this doesn't sound like anyone having a real conversation, and then you have to fix it. <laughs> I, I will say this: that, that I think what's really interesting is Janeway hologram sounds not not audioly but like you know but like character wise different than captain admiral janeway i thought that was really good of them i thought so too yeah which one which one's more janeway to you i feel like Like, hologram feels the most nostalgic janeway mm -hmm. but the like in real time janeway feels like the admiral janeway yeah yeah like i i feel like admiral janeway has this tone of like again i can't have coffee i gotta you, do this weird shit now you know, mariah i think you're right in the fact that um <laughs> do you have a little medusin behind you clyde i do i do uh, we'll be joining shortly um i i think that admiral janeway seems so huge and is doing such a great job. I think it's eclipsing the people around her just a little bit. Oh, like maybe. The, the, there, there's a chemistry thing that is it's, sure. it's just not on the same level. Like it's she's sticking out. She's she's killing it. 
And I'm just like, I'm not bought into everybody else yet. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps it is. It's just like she can literally just drop into Janeway at the drop of a hat versus these other folks are still finding their character's voice, literally. Sure. With like three word sentences Mm -hmm. and replies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah. There's what else? I was trying to think of anything else. Oh, I do think my favorite line, I think someone pointed out in the chat was um, great. The Borg never assimilated a turbo lift. I thought that was the best line of the episode. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. Um, But yeah, I thought it tied up in a nice kid show way. Love and friendship is what matters. It will help you get through and we should all do good deeds, even if we don't get our way. Right ultimately is our morality moment here today <laughs> do we want to teach people that do we really want to should, should we, should we know. teach people like you know, you know like uh get it <laughs> get yours right go for that's yours right. focus get on it all go right. for gold that's right get what you need screw the rest <laughs> See, like, i hear that and i go like you know what we'd watch I'd watch a Ferengi show that was like all, <laughs> all just like it's just all these jerk characters. Like you know, it, I think that'd be great to watch. It would, it'd be like a, it, it it'd be groundbreaking. Yeah, I was like, everyone loves a good like anti-hero character, uh-huh. and the Ferengis <laughs> might be the ultimate anti-heroes. <laughs> yeah, no. Like when I watched Deep Space Nine, the Ferengi episodes tended to be the ones that I kind of skipped on my first walkthrough. But then, like, you know, as I got, you know, like, ultimately it comes down to Nog. Like, Nog is, like, probably one of my four favorite characters in mm-hmm. all of Star Trek. And there's, there's one scene in one episode where, like, he explains why he wants to join Starfleet. And it's just so beautiful and heartbreaking. And, you know, I was like, oh, this is... and, is and the he baseball has... episode? No, this is the one where, like, he he reaches maturity. He asks uh, Cisco for an apprenticeship. And then everyone's going like, "Why does Nog want to join Starfleet?" Oh, like, you know? yeah. And that. and then like he's he's almost crying, going like, "You know, you know, I don't have the lobes. Like, you know, I have my dad's hands. My dad's gonna wish, you know, that my uncle dies and he's gonna inherit the bar. But he would be a genius in Star in Starfleet. I have, you know, and and I I don't want to be my like my dad. It was just so heartbreaking and so beautiful. And like uh, anyway, but I'm a big Nog fan. Team Nog. You know. It's interesting because as you're talking about this, I'm thinking I'm thinking about it because, um, you know, our our Patreon subscribers decided, I guess it was like last week, they did a watch along for the um, the first episode of the fourth season of DS9. Mm-hmm. And this is where, you know, it's a double episode where Worf joins the cast. And so, I mean, it's it's season four. So I've gone back and tried to watch DS9 a couple times, and I don't think I've ever made it to season really? four um, and on a rewatch. And so I jumped in and started watching on uh, season four. It's really good. <laughs> like, like, so when you're talking about these characters, these rich characters, these Ferengis, whether it's the Dominions, the return of the Klingons, like the storylines and the character development, because you're not in a space battle every week, and you have the stationary point, the character develop uh, the character development for the anti-heroes um is actually really good. And so I'd be up for, you know, a Ferengi character, you know, in in, an, in a show like Prodigy. Yeah, no. It'd be, mm-hmm. it'd be, it'd be cool. We'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But like, you know. Yeah. Anyway, Team Nog. 
<laughs> Team dog all the way. Uh, Chippy with the fun fact, did you know that Admiral Buena, the voice actor of Admiral Buenamigo is also uh, act the actual father for the actor who voices Ruck Talk, which is cute. I like the the little Star Trek family. Wow. Sounds to me like cool. like a there goes like nepotism, nepotism nepotism <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, you know, that that's that's the that's great. I'm glad everyone has <laughs> I think it's cute. Um, oh, and if you guys want to join our Patreon for just $2 per episode, The Visitor is the next DS9 watch along on Monday night. It's going to be a good time. I think it's also time uh, for some housekeeping notes for everyone. I think we have decided because the episodes are shorter for Prodigy that we are going to pod every other week to talk about Prodigy. Uh, so we'll cover two episodes of Prodigy per episode. Uh, which will give us some more time to do some bonus eps for the patrons as well. We're going to um, pick a couple of episodes that we think tie into Prodigy and we'll do some bonuses over there for our Patreon Patreon members. Um, yeah, so that's just some updates from us. But y'all, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about from this episode of Prodigy? I would say I'm hoping that we get more out of the Chicote storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that might add something. I know whether we're fans of the actor himself or not, the character from a nostalgia standpoint, and maybe that'll introduce some chemistry with Janeway. Um, I'm hoping that that at least from a Star Trek standpoint is, mm-hmm. is it brings a little something extra to the show. Like this is questions for every uh, for our, mm-hmm. our listeners. Do we know if the Dauntless has a proto-drive or is it a quantum mm. slipstream? Like, I, I have a vague recollection that, like, when I read some obscure that the Dauntless, Jane, Admiral Janeway's ship, has slipstream. But I, I, I'm I too lazy to really do some research. Well, I thought that the Protostar is the only ship of its type. Like, it's the, it's the only one. Sure. At which point do I go, like... Uh, is it as fast as Slipstream or Transwarp, or is it, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, these are all like Star Trek engineering. I-, I had lunch with some old engineering friends, old as in that they are both old and they are long time. Uh, and so, uh, so I just thinking engineering wise, like you know, I don't, I don't know the answer. Yeah, no. I don't. I don't know. I'm assuming the Protostar is faster than the Dauntless. It does look like the Dauntless has a slipstream. Um, and, uh, and we're talking yeah. about it like like it's proven technology. <laughs> yeah. So, you, know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time I talk to. Um, uh, Dr. Aaron, one of the science consultants on the show, like uh, we'll talk about obviously a, a lot of Star Trek stuff. Mm-hmm. And and she always tries to make the point, like a lot of the stuff, not everything, obviously, but a lot of the things that they have on the show are things that are like um, possible in theory through math, but no one's been able to fully engineer it. Right. Like mm-hmm. it just hasn't been able to like bridge the gap. It's like mathematically, a lot of these things are possible, like time travel and like warp drive and all this stuff, and like but... space mushrooms <laughs> yeah space teleporting mushrooms. <laughs> instantaneously across you know the galaxy space mushroom yeah I, yeah but you that, know it's a math it's in the math <laughs> science fiction often makes way for real science so right right we can, I want, we can I want, dream and you know every anyone who discovers space mushrooms 
Clyde will give them a hundred bricks, <laughs> bricks of oh, gold play lineup. That's right. Just so you know, guaranteed. My promise to you. Man. Uh, <laughs> so people will be disappointed. <laughs> Okay, y'all. Well, I think that is it for our coverage this week of Star Trek Prodigy. We will be off next week. We will be back the following week to talk about episode 13 and 14 of Prodigy. We're really excited to continue the coverage, and this will just give us a little bit more meat so we can give y'all full hour-long episodes. Um, You can subscribe, rate, and review on Apple and on Spotify. You can find all the links to where you can find our content at StarTrekPod.co as well as the link to our Patreon um clyde where else can people find us on the internet you can find us at um our twitter links or really all of our links uh at star trek uh pod that is correct shout out um, to karen who runs our twitter thanks karen shout out thank to karen. You, karen we appreciate you thank you so much for joining us we will see you all next time live long and prosper bye let's fly <laughs>